Channel Attitude subscribers, we will be rolling out an upgrade to our site in the near future to improve site performance and your experience. So sometime within the next few weeks, you will receive an email requesting you to recreate your password for the upgraded site. To ensure this email doesn't go to your spam folder, please whitelist info at channelattitude.com. That's info at channelattitude.com. RSS feed URLs may change for some of you. If that happens, you can grab the new one in your dashboard when the upgrade goes live. Your feedback and suggestions have helped shape this upgrade, so keep those coming in the future. And again, the email is info at channelattitude.com to whitelist or add to your address book. Be on the lookout for that email over the next few weeks. This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Talks with Taylor Hendricks podcast with yours truly exclusively on Russo'sBrand.com with Channel Attitude. Today we have an interesting episode. Um, whenever I am doing any sort of prep for these podcasts, I always just end up with so much material because I have that lingering anxiety of like, oh, Taylor, you, you don't have enough to talk about. And then I end up doing an episode as my headphones disconnect for whatever reason. Um, I end up with way too much material. So today we have a brief Q&A. We are going to do some Hollywood news updates, some world news updates, a fun fact, did you know, and also some motivation to carry through the week and potentially a new safety tips from yours truly, from someone who has traveled um, extensively, been a pro athlete on the road, um, and so much more. So without any further ado, we're going to dive right in. By the way, when I was starting the prep for this week's episode, I literally, legitimately, not figuratively, but actually literally saw a video of a dachshund at a skate park skateboarding better than my teenage self ever could. Talk about a reality check. Like, guys, I, I legit got my first concussion. <laughs> predating my uh, wrestling career. So I probably actually have more concussions than I even thought. Like I thought I had between seven and nine concussions from wrestling alone, but I forgot that I got one concussion, possibly my first concussion, skateboarding. I was trying to do a kit flip or whatever it was called. I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> Too many concussions. And um, I my wheel came back down and landed on a rock and my skateboard went and like flying upward and I of course like took like my first back bump of my career and my head smacked against the concrete so yeah uh those are probably the the last days of me as a skateboarder but <laughs> I still actually really loved skateboarding I loved like the x games and all of that extreme sports stuff I just was very much like attracted to that I just really enjoyed that kind of thing um so it's no surprise that I ended up becoming a professional wrestler because I always loved that too but talk about the reality check of your skills in a particular something when a dog a dachshund can literally <laughs> Oh, honey. 
Anyways, I digress. <laughs> we are going to head into the first portion of this week's podcast with a brand new Q&A. If you want to get in on all the fun that is Q&As with Taylor Hendricks, here's what you're going to want to do. You are going to want to head on over to my YouTube channel. The link is on one of the sides here, youtube.com slash at Taylor Hendricks. You're going to want to hit that subscribe button, scroll down throughout the videos to the latest Q&A Wednesday video on my YouTube channel, hit the thumbs up on that uh, video to help us out with the algorithm, and then comment in the comment section below that video with your question for your chance to be featured on not only my YouTube channel, but also this podcast, Talks with Taylor Hendricks, which airs live every single Tuesday as part of the brand family. So make sure you do that. I'm going to be saying that several times throughout this episode, I feel. All right. First question, someone wanted uh, me to follow up about living in a tiny house on wheels. So uh, this is a question that seems to come up a lot, especially the more I talk about living in a tiny house on wheels. So I bet a lot of my fans had no idea that for many years now, I've actually been living in a tiny house on wheels. And I actually think I want to start my own blog uh, called Tiny House, Giant Dreams, Movable Roots. <laughs> because that's very much indicative of who I am as a person. Um, and I just absolutely love it. Uh, this was not a brand new decision or a pandemic decision. No, I was actually very much intrigued and obsessed with the tiny house movement and like all those tiny house shows on HGTV and house hunters and all that other stuff. Um, I, I say this all the time, but it's because I think it's true, although they didn't say it to my face. I'm pretty sure I annoyed the entire ROH, a Women of Honor locker room with how much I talked about tiny houses. Um, but I'm a person that if I talk about it and I believe in it, then I'm going to be about it. Um, a callback to a previous episode of Motivation Mondays where I said, you know, be about whatever it is that you're about. Don't just, you know, talk the talk because uh, talk is cheap. So I said, don't be a dentist with bad teeth. And that's so true because I am definitely not a dentist with bad teeth. If I preach something, it's because I actively live it and embody it and believe in it. Um, and so that's what I did. I got a tiny house on wheels and I loved it. Um, people think, well, how can you be a wrestler and live in a tiny house? Don't you have so much stuff? Honestly, it really depends on what sort of model you get. Um, tiny houses are a lot more expensive than RVs, actually. Um, so there's there's many different options. Um, you really have to do your own research and kind of decide what's most important to you. Like some people don't need a dining set. Other people, that's an absolute must. Some people need a dishwasher. Some people want a second bedroom or a second bathroom. You know, you have to figure out what amenities are a must and essential, what amenities are just a bonus and stuff like that and go from there, which is an, actually a talk that I had on, on this podcast with actually Lisa Marie Varon, who is uh, WWE's Victoria and Impact Wrestling's Tara. Uh, we talked about this quite a bit and, you know, just the different nuances. I would say one of the biggest things about, I'm probably going to get ink from this pen on my face, mark my words. <laughs> Let me put that down. Let me put that down. Um, I would say one of the biggest things about living tiny is, you know, practicing a lot of those ideas that you learned when you were a little kid. You know, put things back where you found them. Clean up your mess because in a tiny house, a little mess looks like a big mess, you know, and then utilize vertical space. 
Um, I didn't really have to get rid of a ton of things, but some things I didn't need anymore. And so that was okay. So I didn't throw out anything really. I sold stuff and I repurposed stuff and I gave it to, I gave stuff to people. Um, and honestly, it was one of the best decisions I could possibly make. I like to travel. I get to do that if I want to, or I can stay on a farm if I don't want to and work with all kinds of amazing animals that I help rescue, rehabilitate, foster, and adopt. And so it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I would not trade it for anything. It was one of the best decisions that I made. Um, and I absolutely love it. I love the freedom it provides me. I love the financial aspect. It's so much less stressful than a big house that you have to fill and, and all the bills and, and, and stuff that go along with that. So you definitely have to be all in and committed to it, but I think it's been a huge blessing. So to each their own. Um, <clears throat> another person asked me about if I would ever start another podcast. Yes. Um, I actually was a part of the brand live with Vincent Taylor. It was a live stream podcast that we would do once a week on Fridays where we talk all things pop culture uh, from a different perspective, me being, um, a young millennial female and him being a Gen X male. So that was really, really fun to me, uh, especially being an old soul like I am. So yeah. And I actually have some new material heading to my YouTube channel. I don't want to announce any of it yet because I like to be able to deliver and give you guys what I'm talking about. So I do have some new stuff coming. That I'm really excited about as far as like podcast adjacent. Um, another person told me, when is my next book coming out? Um, my next two books are actually already in the pipeline. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I have been working for a while now on a psychological thriller uh, due to some things that were out of my control. It kind of got put on the back burner uh, for some other projects. There goes my notes. Um, and so we're working on that. And my next uh, one to two children's books are already in the works. So I'm really, really excited. People are starting to really uh, take notice of that, which is super amazing. I feel so incredibly blessed with my fan base. They are so like weird and strange and unusual and savage and positive and cool and awesome. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> another person asked me, uh, what were some of my worst injuries in wrestling? Okay. All right. So I have gone on this list before, but I don't mind doing them again. Um, I would say one of the worst things that happened to me, besides the fact that I probably had like anywhere from seven to 10 concussions, uh, including the skateboard one. <laughs> um, I would also say I had my ankle fractured in the ring. Um, I've had both of my shoulders dislocated. I've had both of my knees dislocated. Um, <clears throat> I have sprayed and dislocated a majority of my fingers. Um, I've had huge chunks of my hair um, pulled out. Um, I got hit so hard in the nose that ironically it didn't break my nose, but it did deviate my septum. Uh, which was interesting. Um, uh, I, I got hit so hard in the mouth that my teeth actually were wiggling. So I thought they were going to fall out. Luckily, they did not. These are mine. <laughs> um, let me see here. Um, I actually left a match. I, I, I call it, I was struck deaf, dumb, and stupid because I was legit like deaf, dumb, and stupid when I left that match. Um, I had a match against somebody and I never returned to that venue after that. I, I actually left and I said, I will never set foot back in this place ever again. Um, and I was true to my word. I have never again set foot in that place. Um, basically I, uh, <laughs> uh, I was wrestling a person and she hurt me. 
Um, I think uh, the concussion part came first, but I told this amazing ref who's now a WWE ref. I'm so happy. That was like a dream of his. So I'm like so rooting for him. He's living his best life right now. And I told him, I was like, Chris, I'm like, I'm hurt. I'm hurt bad. Tell her I'm hurt. Do not, do not let her bump me. Tell her not to bump me. Well, he goes over to her, gives her the signal, tells her don't bump me. I like, I actually heard him say that. She didn't listen. She continued to bump me and use me like a rag doll basically. And I'm still trying to get my bearings and be a professional in the match and do the job that I was there to do right as a professional but I um she basically short arm clotheslined me um in the face and followed it all the way down into the mat so she like drilled my head into the mat which caused like massive like trauma to my head also whiplash in my neck um <clears throat> and then she like threw me into a pole in that match on the outside and that wasn't called and I had the way she was holding me she like held both of my arms and threw me in so I couldn't you know block it um and then she did this slap and for those of you that do not know you were never supposed to hit here because you can dislocate someone's jaw so you're supposed to hit them here um and you never want to hit them on the ear well, she cupped me right in the ear. And so um, at the end of that match, when I left that venue, um, I remember um, a former WWE guy who was the booker. He um, he does stuff with TNA as well. He actually looked at my eyes and the dilation and, and told me that I had a concussion um, and I could not see out of one of my eyes. I was completely blind in that eye and um, I was deaf in one of my ears. And still to this day, I actually have hearing loss that is still never returned. Um, so I was literally concussed, deaf, and blind <laughs> on one side. It was very, very scary because I did not know if that was ever going to come back. Luckily, nothing was ruptured, but I did have nerve damage, according to the ENT doc that I went and got. So that was very scary. Um, I also had somebody kick me square at the base of my neck where your skull meets your spine. That's called your C-spine. Um, and I went paralyzed from the waist down when they did that. And I actually saw like shards of color and blackness and I, I, I couldn't move from the waist down. And I remember just like blacking out for, for like a few seconds, um, before the shards of color. And, um, then they did that again and all those same things happened again. And now I have three herniated discs in my neck, um, <laughs> in the upper, uh, cervical spine. Um, let me see here. Oh, I got Northern Lights onto my skull and got one of the worst concussions of my life. I was apparently texting people gibberish, like they couldn't understand it. And then the very next morning I got on a plane to fly to WWE for a WWE loop. It was a pay-per-view and then a Raw and a SmackDown. Um, so yeah, that was, that was crazy. Renee Michelle was on that loop and some other people. Um, oh, there goes my kitty, Excalibur. <laughs> um when my ankle got fractured in the ring i heard a and it was like a pop sound that was gnarly less than 14 days later i wrestled at wrestlecon it was myself and chelsea green versus santana carrot and raquel um very very silly but you know i took care of my tag partner uh you know i caught her on the outside she did a dive through the ropes i made sure i caught her <laughs> so stupid on my part uh but you know the things you do um let me see here yeah there's so many different ones honestly um yeah I took a chair to the back of the head that wasn't supposed to hit me in the back of the head uh yeah there's just been so many different things but that's that's wrestling 
Um, let me see here. Do I have any current, currently, do I have any favorite shows? Oh yeah. I have been watching Ted Lasso. Um, I've been watching the great North. Um, let me see. Uh, I just finished Fubar on Netflix. I absolutely, absolutely hands down loved it. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of any current shows. I watch like the good doctor. Um, I'm trying to love how I met your father but I just don't love it nearly as much as How I Met Your Mother. It just doesn't have the same sort of magic. And that's that's no slight to the current actors. Just the writing is, like, different. Um, it almost seems more campy. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But I'm seeing that theme in a lot of other shows. Um, and I, I can't really put it into words and articulate it. But I'm trying, guys. I am trying. <laughs> I also really like Dead of Winter. Um, and then I have so many things in my queue that I, I think that's how you say that, that I have to, uh, get ready for. Um, is there, who, okay, this person asked me, um, who has been your toughest opponent to date in, in your career? Couldn't read my own handwriting. Um, I would probably have to say, and this is going to sound really, really weird, but I think I've said this before. My toughest opponent to date by far has been myself. I think you were always your biggest competition, your biggest cheerleader, and your biggest hurdle, and your biggest opponent. Because self-doubt creeps in so so fast sometimes without you even noticing. Um, and you really have to, you know there's so many different trials and tribulations and moments that really build character. And sometimes those, when life doesn't turn out the way you imagined it would when you were a kid, that can be a very, very hard thing to come to terms with. I see that a lot in wrestling. I've experienced it, you know, meeting people that you idolized and there are nothing close to how you idolize them and picture them. Um, you know, there's so many different things that you cannot possibly prepare for as a child because you have not lived yet in the sense of, leaving your comfort zone and going out into the world and pursuing something. So I would definitely have to say my biggest opponent and toughest opponent would be myself. There were so many times when I beat it, I, I beat myself up for things that weren't even my fault. There was times where I needed to let go and I couldn't. There were times where I needed to heal, but nobody was a safe space for me to do that. Um, there were so many different things that I had to learn and I didn't take my rose colored goggles off soon enough. And some days you can wish that you did, but even if it had been different, you might not be the same person that you fought so hard to be today. So that's why I would say I was definitely my toughest opponent um, in my life and in my career. All right, guys, we're going to stop this Q&A this week because we are going a little bit long on time. Uh, remember, follow me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Taylor Hendricks. Hit the thumbs up button on the latest Q&A Wednesday video and comment in the comments with your question for your chance to be featured on my podcast, Talks with Taylor Hendricks on Tuesdays with Russo'sBrand.com, as well as Q&A Wednesdays on my YouTube channel. Now we're going to head into a brand new Hollywood News update. Now, if you are interested in the realm of comic books, movies, television, your favorite actors, pop stars, and everything that's to do with Hollywood, then this is the segment for you. Do not fast forward. Do not rewind. This is your Hollywood News update. Here we go. Uh, there have been a lot of rumors surrounding the, new, the filming of the new Deadpool movie, Deadpool 3, starring Ryan Reynolds. What on earth was that? <laughs> it's like... Um, <clears throat> one, of, one such rumor is a, a hint at what Wolverine will actually look like in the new Deadpool movie. And I have to say, I'm so excited. It only took 17 years, like nine films and up to three Deadpool movies. But we are finally, potentially, fingers crossed, going to see Wolverine in his original, traditional 
X-Men outfit uh, with the uh, the blue and yellow with the long sleeves. I, I If this is true, I'll be super pumped because it, it reminds me of the nostalgia of watching the X-Men cartoon when I was a little girl. And I didn't know that it was X-Men. I didn't know what it was. I just said the people wearing blue and yellow. <laughs> I was super young, but I don't know. There's just stuff, stuff about certain things from your childhood that when you see them or you hear the theme song or a photo of it and you can like smell it like those, those scented markers, for example, or, you know, you can feel the pain of those like razor toothed um, headbands that clip together and go all the way, you know, the stuff like that, you know, the nostalgia of like a, a simpler more interesting, more carefree time, right? That's what this would be for me. So I fingers crossed that this is the Wolverine and Deadpool 3. Now, also going on the same vein of Deadpool 3, we've got other rumors that are surrounding Deadpool 3 and Wanda Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen. Now, I am actually a little bit jelly, I am not going to lie, because if I was ever going to be a Marvel character, like, she is who I wanted to be, because she is probably my tops. She is just so amazing. Everybody always says, like, Jean Grey, or they go to DC and say Poison Ivy or Starfire for me. But I always wanted to be Wanda Maximoff because if I could choose powers, it would be to create my own reality uh, for sure. Like hands down and to be the daughter of Magneto. I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> but anyways, I am actually very, very happy with the job Elizabeth Olsen has actually done playing and embodying this character in the vision and bringing her to life. I actually super enjoy that. So I can't hate on it. I just wish it was me. I digress. The rumors surrounding this is that the uh, part of the potential story arc of Deadpool 3 will be an adaptation of that story, which is rumored to be from Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. So as more information comes out on this, you know, as the, the writer's strike calms down and everything else, I will bring you more news about that. Moving right along, uh, we have a star from The Vampire Diaries. If you were um, uh, a fan of the hit show, it ran for many, many years. I know my sister was a huge fan of Vampire Diaries and Ian Somerhalder. Uh, then this update is for you. Um, Vampire Diaries star Paul Wesley, who played Stefan, one of the vampire brothers, uh, was asked about whether or not he would want to be in a Vampire Diaries reboot. And he said, quote, I would never do another vampire anything, period, let alone Vampire Diaries. Um, and he was saying that he did not mean this in a negative way. It's just that the show ran for such a long time that he actually liked the challenge of, of keeping Stefan fresh character-wise. You know, he started off as a good guy. Uh, at some point, he was the bad guy, the dastardly evil being that he was. And then somehow towards the end, spoiler alert, he ended up the good guy again. Um, and I think that he doesn't want to taint that, I think is the gist of his point. Um, so I want to hear your thoughts about that. Would you want Stefan uh, or Paul Wesley Stefan to return if there was a Vampire Diaries reboot? I want to I want to hear your thoughts. Um, Screen Rant is back on the news this week with us because they revealed apparently um, several story details that were leaked for Loki season two, which comes out on Disney Plus in October of this year. And they're doing the uh, we talked about this on this podcast. They are actually going to do the Netflix format here where Loki will be one of the first projects to release all its episodes all at one time instead of one a week. Uh, which honestly I like. Um, I hate having to wake week after week after week. I can't stand it. I never did, not even as a kid. But anyway, so here are some of the details that they have found out for you. Uh, Kong, uh, Kang the Conqueror will have a small role in Loki season two. Uh, Loki will be fighting to save the TVA. 
Uh, Miss Minutes is missing. That sounds like a real tongue twister there. Uh, Ravona Renslayer has yet to return. Loki is searching for Sylvie. And the new season includes new cast members as well as several returning cast members. And it picks up straight after where season one left off. So those are just some of the many tips that uh, you can expect coming from season two of Loki, which comes to the platform in October of this year. Um, in a recent interview, let's see here, uh, Henry Cavill was actually, let me see, I got lost here. All right. So apparently uh, in an interview with the Disc Father, Henry Cavill actually let this slip that he was apparently more of a fan of Joss Whedon's cut as opposed to the Snyder cut. And this actually ended up being one of the single worst uh, reviewed DC films with DC fans and uh, critics alike. I want to hear from you. Is this a rare loss from Henry Cavill or do you agree that you would have preferred Joss Whedon's over the Snyder cut? There has been a such a huge controversy with the DCEU before James Gunn took over. You know, you had the Ayers cut, you had the Snyder cut, you had Joss Whedon, you got, you had everybody under the sun doing all these different things with all the same characters, but different actors. It was so confusing for the casual viewer who didn't understand the DCEU and what was going on and all these different story arcs and all these different things, right? So is this a rare L from Henry Cavill, who's usually on the winning side of things? Or do you agree with him that Joss Whedon's would have been better than the, the, than the original Snyder cut? I want to hear from you. I keep saying that, but hey. <laughs> All right, here we go. Speaking of different arcs in the DCEU, Jensen Ackles comes to mind with Batman. And here's why. At a JIB convention, uh, Jensen Ack Ackles was asked about uh, the DCU. And they were he was asked if he would like to play Spider-Man in James Gunn's uh, DCU. And he said, quote, I'd love it. Sign me up. I actually think he would make a really good Batman. You know, so many people recently have said they want to play Batman, including Keanu Reeves, who said he wants to play an older, more matured Batman. But as much as I love Keanu Reeves, I actually think Jensen Ackles would be a good Batman. What do you think? What do you think? Um, moving right along, there's one more thing I want to add about Batman. We've got a good flow going. The director of The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, um, is the director for that is Matt Reeves. And he was recently on a podcast uh, called Team Deacon's Podcast. And he talked about how him and his partner are writing The Batman 2, which is still going to happen. We have had that confirmed by James Gunn himself. Um, it's not going to be a part of, you know, his vision of the DCU, but it is still going to exist on its own uh, without all the DCEU craziness, okay? So luckily this is happening because I actually did like the, the Batman. Of course, there were some plot holes and, and so forth and so on. But if you just watch it for the sake of watching, it was actually a very good film. I thought he did very well as, as Batman. Um, so he says, uh, Matt Reeves, the director, he said um, when he was discussing the writing of this, he actually said it will be even more ambitious than the first one. So the Batman part two is in the writing stages now. Um, I think that this is a pretty cool promise. I hope that they live up to it. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Next up on the docket is more DC news. <laughs> it is Blue Beetle. I am actually a huge fan of the Blue Beetle character. I am not going to lie. Um, I was first introduced to the Blue Beetle character while watching DC's Young Justice, which is one of my favorite shows. I absolutely love that show. I really want a new season. Um, I would I would so love to play Ms. Martian, I th McGann. I think that would be such a crazy cool role. Uh, Uncle John! <laughs> like, I could do- oh 
my god i would i want to do that i want to do that role so bad um apparently the blue beetle director angel manuel uh soto he has um he has these really grand plans for Blue Beetle, and I'm actually pretty excited about this. If all goes according to plan, he is approaching this first film as if it'll be part of a saga, more specifically a trilogy, because that's his hope for this character to have a nice beginning, middle, and end. Kind of similar to the, um, the thought process of Ted Lasso, which was only written to be three seasons long. I think they want to do a three film series based around Blue Beetle. And I think that there's a lot of depth in this character in the history of how Blue Beetle comes to be and its predecessor and, and where it comes from. I think that would be really, really cool. Um, he wants to take uh, the traditional three act um, structure for the story of Blue Beetle, which I think could be pretty exciting if done well. This could definitely be a possibility for them. It'll be a huge win, I hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, now that uh, DC has officially cast their Superman, which we talked about in a previous episode of this podcast, now there are rumors that are suggesting that Bill Skarsgård is the top finalist to play Lex Luthor. Honestly, I didn't anticipate that news. Um, if I was going to be on the casting board, I wouldn't even have thought of him for this role, to be honest. Um, but now I can't get it out of my head. It's kind of living rent-free in my head right now. What do you think? Who would you choose to play Lex Luthor? Um, I, they originally had somebody else in mind. Um... And so I'm curious, but you know who you, you know who I really would like to be Lex again as an older gentleman, uh, or maybe Lex Luthor's dad, uh, would be Michael Rosenbaum. You know when he was in Smallville as Lex, like I I don't know that would be so cool. I've been rewatching that recently, and yeah, it's kind of just it's also living rent free in my head. There's a lot of space up there. <laughs> Uh, speaking of more rumors, that's the rumor mill this week, I guess we could say. Um, the Stranger Things star who played Eddie Munson for Stranger Things, Joseph Quinn, he is apparently the top prospect to potentially play the Human Torch for Fantastic Four. I actually can see this so much more than Bill Skarsgård, uh, playing Lex Luthor. What are, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Who would you cast if you got to do your own fantasy casting for these roles? Um, I, I'm very curious to see and find that out but I like that I like I like this for Joseph Quinn I think he would bring a lot of fire to that role no pun intended until after I said it and then I realized what I said uh now we're going to head into a brief uh little round of role news because like I said at the beginning of this episode I always end up with too much material and so as I'm going through this on the fly with you guys I'm slowly eliminating things and that's sometimes where I trip up I really need one of those like teleprompters I remember the first time I ever used one was legitimately on the fly at ROH when they started having me do some of the um the highlight reels and news stuff and that was my first ever time doing that and it it was so much easier than having to look down and read your handwriting after you had to relearn how to write. And I don't know, it's just crazy. So yeah, we are, we're working on it. You know, we're starting to get the camera situation down. We still have to get a new microphone and figure that out because the last one was a disaster. Slowly work on figuring out how to edit. I'm still waiting for you guys to help me out with apps on that. So looking at all of you, looking at all of you, <laughs> let me know, like give me, give me, help me, help me. Uh, Jeff can't be everywhere, you know? All right. <clears throat> apparently, the South Park creators and voice actors, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they apparently have a restaurant. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did not know that. It is called Casa Bonita, 
and they are apparently setting up a $30 wage in banning tipping. Uh, they will allow no tips and they will pay all their workers and servers $30 an hour. I think that that's kind of cool. I know that there are some other countries uh, that do this and it's actually a faux pas to tip. That's why I always say research the places that you're going to travel to. And that even goes in the United States because actually every state has different rules for different things. Um, so yeah, do your research. But you know, kudos to the South Park creators. Kudos. I raise you a Trey Parker and I give you a Matt Stone. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Moving right along. Now that uh, we are ahead of the premiere of the film Barbie, um, I'm so excited because I was huge, huge, huge into Barbies. I loved Barbies. Um, we were at a thrift store one time. It was my mom, my sister, and I, and we were young. And we saw this like really unique sort of Barbie house with an A-frame that we had never seen before. It was orange, yellow, and white. And so it was like $20. And, and my mom was like, okay, you guys want that. You know what? Th that's cool. That's fine. Uh, it's not, you know, crazy expensive or anything. I know you guys will play with it. So she got it for us, right? And I was getting ready to move to Ohio Valley Wrestling. I was, you know, in my early 20s at the time. And my mother, no, my sister wasn't playing with it anymore. I was leaving home. So they decided to give it to people that lived next to us who had young daughters, right? Lo and behold, many years later, I was on YouTube and I actually saw the 1978 Barbie Dream House. It was the exact one that I had growing up. And this thing goes for so much money, depending on what sort of shape and the accessories that it still has and whether or not it has the original box and all that. I was heartbroken. It was like somebody like sucker punched my soul. Okay, so it is definitely going to be a massive life goal of mine to uh, get one of those 1978 to 1979 Barbie dream houses back. I don't want the pink one from 1980. No, I want the yellow and orange one. Okay, I am putting that out in to the universe. I, I still have my favorite Barbie. Um, she was this really beautiful redheaded one. Uh, she didn't look tacky. She looked so gorgeous. She had the beautiful blue bathing suit. Now I just need to save up for <laughs> that 1978 Barbie dream house. Like it's actually a lot of money. Like it, some of them go for more than a brand new Xbox. I, I kid you not. I kid you not. Uh, so yeah, it like, oh my gosh, it sucker punched my soul. Anyways, uh, anyways, instead of going back down memory lane, it all makes sense though, because we're talking about the Barbie film. Okay. This is like a dream. Um, <laughs> apparently there is a luxury Barbie Malibu dream house that is on Airbnb. Now they've done this before for certain other iconic films. On previous episodes of this podcast, we talked about the Iron Man house and we talked about living out your James Bond fan fantasies. Well, now you can live out your Barbie fantasy. And for zero dollars, um, a select few lucky guests starting July 17th can stay at the Barbie dream house on Airbnb for zero dollars. Now this is only available for a couple slots. Um, apparently it is, I have it written here. Uh, the listing offers two one night stays for two guests starting July 17th and officially on July 21st. Uh, it comes with a um, a luxury Barbie dream house that has a Ken's disco dance floor. You've got ocean panoramic views, an infinity pool, 
Ken's wardrobe. Uh, you also have a concierge who will give you a full-fledged tour. It has a workout room and the concierge will also be providing you with your meals because there is no kitchen. Um, this is so crazy. I will post the link in the descriptions for you guys because it was another crazy nonsensical link just like last week. So instead of listing that out for you, I'll actually put it in the description for this week's episode for you. Good looking out. <laughs> um, also on world news, in case living out your Barbie fantasy was not enough for you, is Amazon. Amazon apparently has four different class action lawsuits happening right now. And if you are a Prime member, you're going to want to know about these. I was shocked. So <clears throat> the first class action lawsuit is about being a Prime member. Apparently, this is about the premise of fake Prime discounts. Now, as you may or may not know, depending on what country you live in and the different perks from that country, Amazon Prime allows for two-day shipping and it's supposed to be um, a perk of having discounted items available for Prime members as a perk of paying that monthly fee uh, to be an Amazon Prime member, right? Makes sense. Well, apparently, um, this is a fake thing because a lot of the stuff for Prime members specifically, which means it's targeted, um, they are upping the price of a lot of the goods for Prime members and offering these discounts to make it seem like Prime members are getting a deal, but then they're not actually getting a deal because they're more expensive than a certain items that are for non-Prime members. Um, so that's a bit shady. So that's the first class action lawsuit. The second is regarding deceptive marketing practices for Amazon. Uh, basically, it says they continue to fail to upload their same-day and two-day shipping policy, which is one of the main marketing points behind being a Prime member. Um, so yeah, apparently they have been very lackadaisical in delivering this key part of being a Prime member. The third class action lawsuit... <laughs> Uh, deals with Whole Foods. Now, uh, one of the perks of the whole Whole Foods and Amazon deal was that you can order stuff from Whole Foods and have it shipped for free, for free through Amazon if you are a Prime member. Well, apparently, as of 2021, when this deal happened, they pretty much have been charging you $9.99 shipping the whole time. Again, deceptive marketing practices. Um, and the last one is apparently violating consumer laws. Uh, what this means is they have made it extremely difficult for people to cancel their Prime memberships, which goes against the, the federal consuming laws. Um, so you definitely want to check those out if you have a Prime account. Let's see here. Next up on the list, and it's like, it's almost as if somebody told you guys about this and maybe or maybe not, you didn't believe her. Uh, by her, I mean me. And by telling you, I definitely did. Um, this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being a little sassy today. I definitely put on my sassy pants this morning. <laughs> you can take the girl out of Massachusetts, but you cannot take the Massachusetts out of the girl, I guess. <laughs> Um, apparently the FBI has issued a warning against using public charging stations. Gee, does that sound familiar at all to you? It's almost as if the FBI was like looking at my safety tips <laughs> video from this podcast and on my YouTube channel. Uh, but who knows? I'm not going to jinx that because they are trying to censor everybody. The Matrix is coming for you all. <laughs> it's coming. Um, they apparently especially uh, warn against using these public charging stations and USB ports in high traffic areas like airports and hotels. 
Gee, it's almost as if I already told you guys about that. Um, they say hackers and crooks have hijacked public chargers, um, and they basically put this malware and software that can basically take a bunch of your passwords and information from all of your devices, from your, your laptops, your uh, computers, your, your watches, everything that you can plug into that. Um, so definitely do not use those. Bring your own battery packs, bring your own chargers. Do not use that stuff. I highly recommend you not doing that. And I will do one further because I, I did not see it on the FBI's warning list. Um, remember, I also told you about rental cars. Do not do that in rental cars either. Um, in case, in case you guys do not remember this video, definitely scroll down on my YouTube channel to my safety tips video about traveling. Um, I actually talked a lot about that in that video. <clears throat> Last up is Smart Asset. We are going to um, skip a couple of these and go right to Smart Asset for world news. This will be the last topic today for world news, and then we'll move right along. Um, apparently, there's this company called Smart Asset, and they released their report about the post-tax income that is needed for people in America to live comfortably in certain metropolitan cities. Um, the average cost throughout the United States, they claim, is roughly $68,499 after taxes. So depending on the state that you're living in, you could be looking at a $110,000, $120,000 salary because certain certain places, certain um, states take almost half of your wage and send it back to the federal government. That is scary. And then after they take all of that tax, then they tax you on things that you buy. They tax you on things that you sell. Uh, they tax if you die. They tax if you invest. They they. They, they tax you, they, they tax you to tears, basically, and then they are still trillions of dollars in debt. Very irresponsible federal government. Anyways, um, apparently the top highest salary needed, these are as follows. We have got San Diego with $79,324 after taxes to supposedly live comfortably. Boston, after taxes, you will need $78,752 to live comfortably. In Seattle, you will need roughly $77,634 after taxes to live comfortably. In New York City, you would need roughly $78,524 uh, to live comfortably after taxes. And there goes my cat Excalibur yet again. <laughs> and at the top of the list with the highest salary needed to supposedly live comfortably, uh, in San Francisco, no surprise there. You would need after taxes roughly $84,026, which means you probably need a minimum average before taxes of almost $140,000 before taxes. That is crazy. Where do you live? Where are you watching this from? Does this seem to correlate to what you're experiencing? Let me know. I just had this feeling that I had way too much information today, uh, but I did want to try to get several different segments into this episode. I really enjoy getting to bring you guys so many different bits and tidbits and little nuances and details and different and highlight different things because so many different things appeal to so many different people and I really enjoy the um the diversity of thought and getting to discuss things and have polite discourse on things that we can agree on disagree on and all of us learn something so one of the things I wanted to do today is a did you know because I was legit today years old for fun facts that I thought you made en might enjoy so here we go <clears throat> Did you know that almonds are actually a part of the peach family? Did you know that cucumbers are 95% water? 
Or how about a strawberry? Did you know that a strawberry is actually not even a berry, but a banana is? I legit did not know that until today. Um, did you know, fun fact, that a half a cup of figs has the same calcium content as a half a cup of cow's milk? Some food for thought there. Pun intended. <laughs> did you know pumpkins and avocados are actually fruit? Um, garlic has a more antibiotic properties than um, the medical antibiotic tetracycline. Did you know that? Did you know that honey also has antibiotic properties? Cabbage, did you know that cabbage can actually calm inflammation in the body in certain joints if you wrap the cabbage around that area? Oh, I can see my kitties back there. <laughs> did you know that cinnamon oil is a more natural way to prevent ants in and around your home? Did you know that basil plants can actually present, prevent mosquitoes and flies? Did you know that spider plants can actually purify the air in your home and they also decrease the radiation in your home? And did you know that cayenne pepper in an emergency can actually help a person's heart? Last but not least, did you know that broccoli sprouts can actually fight cancer? All right, that was the latest did you know because I was today years old when I learned some of these things. Now, I am not a doctor. I do all of my own research, so this is not medical advice, but I challenge you to actually look up some of those things. I am definitely interested in how nature provides and how a lot of things that are actually naturally made have a natural purpose in the overall health of humanity and animals and the environment alike. All right, everybody. Uh, we had a lot more here, but we are going to move right along to motivation. <clears throat> this is the bread and butter of the podcast, and it's one of my favorite things. That's why I'm going to use both hands right now. Um, we have been talking so much for Motivation Mondays about trying to embody and become the adults that we needed as children to become the best versions of ourselves that ever existed and to forgive ourselves for all the past versions of us that we might not be proud of, but we needed at that particular time to understand the valuable lesson that we were trying to learn. And that was being, you know, thrust upon us for any amount of reasons. Um, and we've also been talking about how to break generational curses and pass down generational prosperity, wealth, and happiness and success. Okay. We talk about a lot about how first we make our habits and then our habits make us. We talk about how a lot of people have a vested interest in our silence and how um, if what we're doing and what we're all on this journey doing right now was easy, then everybody would do it and achieve it and have it and pass it on. But that's not the case. So not everybody bothers to do it. It is so much easier to drag somebody down to a lower level than it is to build yourself up to a better level. And so that's why... <laughs> If you found this video today, if you found this podcast today, then I genuinely think that there was a reason uh, that you were brought to this podcast or to this Motivation Monday video. And if you are a person that tunes into every single Motivation Monday on my YouTube channel, then I think that this is time that you are ready to hear this, right? And if, if this is your first time hearing it, then I think that there was a reason why you were brought here to this particular video. And so let's dive right on in. Um, I have a mentor that has been just a game changer for me and he has changed my life. Um, and he has taught me some of the best lessons and has ultimately become my best friend as well as my mentor. 
Um, I genuinely believe that this person saved my life and I'm going to share with you what they said to me. I think that, you know, a lot of us, we, we tend to think that we are so alone because that's what depression does. That's what narcissism does. That's what so, so many different negative things swirling around us every single day does. It alienates us. It isolates us. And that's such an easy thing to do, even though we are in such a digital age where everything's at our fingertips. We can isolate so easily and we don't need to, okay? If, if this was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody would be committed to it because after all, consistency will take you places that motivation alone cannot. We talk about this every week. So today, this is what I want to say to you. You are not broken. You are not damaged goods. You are not a failure. You are not worthless. You are not a waste of space. You are not weak. You are not a burden. And you are most certainly not alone. I see you. I see you. You are not alone. What you are, what you are, is important. You are needed. You are strong. You are so much more equipped for what you are going through than you even realize. You are strong. You are needed. You are valuable. You are loved. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are evolving and you are amazing. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That is not just a pretty saying. That is not just a verse. It is the truth. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And what you are doing, what you are going through, it matters. Your voice matters. Your feelings, they matter. Because you matter. And what you are going through right now it is not always going to be easy. It is not always going to be pretty. It is not always going to be fun. But it is worth it. Because tough times don't last, but tough people do. And you are tough as nails, okay? You are as tough as that Lego in the dark that you step on. All right? You are as tough as that pointed dog toy that you step on. <laughs> All kinds of things. You are strong. You are important. You are necessary. You are needed. You are unique. You are an individual. You are a limited edition of one. And I'm sorry if sometimes this amazing journey that you were deciding to go on so you can be the adult you needed as a child and pass on good things to your future self and your future family. I'm sorry it's not going to be easy. And I'm sorry that you're going to go through these tough times. But I am not sorry at the person that you are going to become when you get through it on the other side. Because there is no doubt in my mind, you will get through this, okay? Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And I know it's going to be tough, but remember, those better days, they are coming. They're coming sooner than you realize. And just when you think that you are just, you've had enough, and you cannot possibly take any more blows, that you cannot deal with anything else. You are so maxed out. Your nervous system says, uh-uh, we're done. Just remember, those are all things trying to stop you to get where you're just about to set your foot. Okay? It's always darkest before dawn. That's not a cute little phrase either. It's the truth. Sometimes when we are so ready to give up, 
it's always right right when we're at the cusp of getting where we need to be want to be and fought so hard to be okay it feels like it will never end it genuinely does at times but remember those better times that they're out there those people that are just waiting to meet you and get to know you and love you and support you and want to be around you and want to lift you up and just be a part of you they're out there they're waiting for you but if you give up you're never going to be able to meet them and find them so you got to keep going okay those better days they're coming and they're going to lead you to a place that's better than you could have possibly imagined because you had to go through heck to get there why would you want to stop in hell why would you want to stop in hell keep going get out of there okay but don't try to rush that process you need those tough times that's where character is built that's where formidability and gumption and guts and tenacity and and strength that's that's where it's all built the good times don't build that the tough times do and that's why tough times don't last but tough people do okay you are not broken you are healing and that is a magical, amazing, beautiful gift that I do not want you to squander by giving up before your time. Do not think about the process of this right now. Fall in love with this bad time, this process. Because if you fall in love with that process, you're not focused on how tough it is. You're focused on how tough you're making it. Okay? Remember, don't focus on how tough you can make it. Focus on how tough it is making you. The more formidable you are, the more tenacious you are, the more grateful and humbled and powerful and smart and important and amazing and beautiful that you are. It's all in the tough times. That's where that is built. Don't, don't squander it. And remember, all the people that don't understand what you're doing right now and the journey that you're on, all the people that don't want you to improve yourself and to be the adult you needed as a child, all those people that want to continue those bad habits that are passed down, like generational trauma instead of generational wealth and prosperity, those people will misunderstand what you're going through and they'll misunderstand what you're doing. And that's okay. That just means that those people are not meant to go to the next chapter with you. You have to let it go. You have to let them go. So you can hold on to yourself to continue the process of becoming who you are meant to be, the lessons that you are supposed to learn in the new version of yourself that you are busy creating. You are not broken. You are beautiful and you are healing because that's the change that you do choose. I see you and you are many things, but alone, alone isn't one of them. That is a lesson from my mentor and from me to you. I truly believe that we are on to something extremely special. And I hope that you guys got as much out of that as I did. Because that right there changed so much for me. And the more times that I hear that is the more times that I feel that. And I learn something new every single time. I learn something new about the world and about myself and who I want to be in it. All right, everyone, this has been the latest episode of the Talks with Taylor Hendricks podcast coming to you live every single Tuesday as part of the brand family with Russo's Brand.com and Channel Attitude. Until next week.